Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. I'm Cody. And I'm Chris. <laughs> I said that in, like, creepy pre-K teacher voice. I didn't I didn't know what was happening. It yeah, was a I'm weird sorry, experience for me. I understand. Hey, um, you know what? What are we, uh, what are we, what are we talking about today? I thought you had a joke to tell me before this. Oh, a jo- I had a joke? <laughs> that is so cruel. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Owls. Owls who? Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. That was, I can't really take full credit for that. That was an Amanda, Amanda Phillips joke. Okay. It's not mine. It's just the that one actually always, sounds a lot like her. Yeah. It's a, that's why it doesn't really work for me. So Cody, what, uh, this is our 10th episode. This is numero tenno. So I've been on Duolingo. So I am actually like learning French. So let's see. Um, <laughs> if I can give this a go, that is the best French I have ever heard. <laughs> Please do more. Um, uh, ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a ten. Is that right? I don't know what I said. Yeah, that's... Duolingo says that I'm doing great. Hey, so our tenth episode, so that means we can do whatever we want. I mean, we're basically franchised. That's right. Every five, we get to do whatever we want to do. Right. I mean, it's kind of like all the other times we have, we're being ruled over by yeah. a, 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 the podcast boss. That's right. That's not us. Never. No. Uh, so, yeah, I think that we should just ask each other some random questions and see what happens. All right. To start off, do you want a softball or a hardball question? Choose a number for each one, and I'll choose number two. Okay. Let's do... I wish that everyone could see... I think maybe there would be some merit in actually streaming some of these episodes and, like, filming them so people could actually see how you get to look at the dry erase board, <laughs> and I don't. I'm going to throw you a hard And how question. you have the, like, oh, after that. Uh-huh. You want to start? All right. How many times on this podcast are you willing to admit... Oh, my God. That you have come so close to pooping your pants <laughs> as a male adult. Are you talking about while recording the podcast? Dad, this is going in the episode. Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> heinous for number one. You um, started it. As an adult, well, first off, no one has ever, if you're going to ask me this question, I'm going to throw you under the bus. No one has ever come as close to pooping their pants as you as an adult. That's not fair. Ever. As many times. <laughs> this is one, your favorite go-to topic. I have a problem. I would say that, um, were we talking about actually doing it or just close? Close. Oh. I mean, are you willing to admit how many times you've actually pooped your pants I as a male say adult? I there will say there was one time in a Hobby Lobby, but that just kind of feels right. So I'll go with one. One. Okay. Two. There's three. <laughs> I mean, at least... Three times, three emergencies. <laughs> three emergencies. Okay. Do you need an, an in-depth story? Nope. Or no that, follow-ups? No, no follow-ups. You, Unless there's was, one that you, you think is funnier than the others. I didn't think I was actually going to laugh. I didn't think you, didn't you think were actually going to answer it. I was just going to move yeah. on. Dang it. I'm sorry, Lexi. I'm a classy guy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I feel like some of these have happened post-marriage. It is actually true, yeah. Only one before. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just threw that information just, out like, I just like oh threw yeah it out is... like I forget that people listen to this. <laughs> I am so sorry. Even my dog looked ashamed of me. He's like, oh, oh man. man. Um, that Hobby Lobby story is actually pretty funny, but I don't think that it's now. You know, that's one of those stories that if you just really want to hear it, you can uh, go to our Patreon page and. Request. And request it. (laughs) (laughs) And for a fee, I'll tell you the Hobby Lobby story. How about that? We'll throw in the rage story for free. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, No, that's that's, a paid story. That's a paid story. At least, I mean, it's it's hours worth of entertainment. It is. Um, Okay. So I'll give you a, um, I'll give you my most intense question. Oh, God. Here we go. Since you threw me a a little like sidebar question, I'll ask you a sidebar question. Chris. Mm Mm-hmm. Mickey Dowell, <laughs> Christophanopoulos, <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, I, I've never really had a full opinion on this. Well, yeah, now it's you're, time, I now guess, you I have to. Stand. Now you have to take I a stand. I think if you, if you, oh, 
if you take the merit of meat between bread as a sandwich, then that would also qualify a hamburger as just being a sandwich. Well, a hamburger is a sandwich. Hmm. I don't. I don't go to a restaurant and request. Yes, can I have the uh, double quarter sandwich? You certainly could, you and certainly I'm actually. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you haven't. Okay, Chris um, with. Christopher with two R's. <laughs> Chris. Um, I, I, I have to take the stand and say that, no, I would never walk up to like uh, a hot dog stand in New York City and say, yeah, can I have one of your footlong sandwiches? Uh, well, one, I will say if you're going up to a hot dog stand in New York and ordering a footlong hot dog. As a, that's that you, you are brave. You talk about how many times have you almost pooped your pants as an adult? <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm a, I have never shied away from the risk. Yeah, well that that's the yeah that's true. Um, so is a hot dog just like a a taco? No, absolutely like a bread not. Bread taco. It is it is its own thing. In the same way that uh, like a tortilla is. So what part is the hot dog? Is it just the weenie or is it, it the is, bun? It is rolled up bologna that is I in know a tube that, form. But like, you and know, it's disgusting. the meat part is the hot dog. You'd be like, look at this hot dog. But you don't call it a hot dog immediately when it hits the bun. It's a hot dog before that. Wouldn't you call that a wiener? You could say wiener. And then after you've cooked it, it's become a hot dog at that, that point. That might be the first time I've ever said that word as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so weird. It felt, one, weird to say and not laugh afterwards. All right. That was my that was my sidebar question. That was your... So uh, what you got? Okay. So, Cody, if you... Me. Yourself could be put into any movie or TV show mm. as an actor... Which movie or TV show from any era that you've watched that you know, uh, you actually watch a lot of TV, but which of those would you want to be cast in and why? Um, my, I mean, the West Wing seems so much fun. That was the first thing that popped into my head. Mm. And it's not just because they're doing the um, not reboot, not reboot episode. But did you see that interview with Aaron Sorkin? No. Where he was like, this is not a reboot. This is not a revival of the show. This is not a reunion. He was yeah. really intense. Like he was like yelling at Stephen Colbert about this is not a reunion show because they're doing another West Wing. But they've staged it as a play. Oh. And they're recording it to like encourage voter turnout. And so yeah. they're like doing this thing as... And uh, they have all the original actors. I'm really excited about it, actually. That's really I, I cool. I can't believe I didn't mention this to you already. But it's coming out on HBO Max. I'm like, what is this HBO Max thing? They're pushing that really hard. And I don't understand it. I'm like, so wait, I've already got a subscription to HBO. And now I've got to get another one? I think so, yeah. It's just like, I don't understand. Because it's not something that appears on their regular... I guess channel and yeah, this is exclusive the to channel. their streaming service. I just don't service. understand, like you know, I, it can't. It, things can't be that bad since Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, so Game of Thrones went away, and they're like, "Oh man, we need a whole other streaming service to make up for the loss of." This yeah, because they like they absorbed the the DC uh, streaming service thing. Ah, uh, well, I figured you probably already knew about it, but yeah. So for, on HBO Max, they're doing the West Wing, and I love the West Wing so much that I even thought, like, man, do I have to do like a free subscriptions and then cancel it just so I can watch this thing? And that's how you, they get you because then you forget and you don't unsubscribe. That's or not you what start you've watching asked. something else, and <laughs> yeah, that's not what you've asked. But um, I would think the one, the West Wing, because of the style of it, yeah, and because I just loved the show so much. I mean, I really do like or at least used to really like politics. Yeah. And that show is just everything that you want America to be all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. And the style of the walk and talk seemed so cool. And in, in listening to the interviews of those actors, when they talk about it, they, and just Aaron Sorkin's writing is awesome. flawless. I mean, it's flawless. It's awesome. I mean, he got really uppity and weird about this whole reunion thing. And I was like, all right, you need to calm down. <laughs> He <laughs> it almost made me not like him. He'd wanted to take such a staunch 
like stance about this is not a reunion. We're not copping out. Have you have you heard anybody that's worked with him like in an interview, like worked with him as far as like doing his scripts and stuff? I actually no. I mean, other than maybe like Jeff Daniels talking about doing Mockingbird. Yeah. So he but he didn't really talk about Sorkin so much as he talked about the fear of casting and yeah, yeah, yeah. Scout. The um, I think it was Emily Mortimer who was in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, had an, was, was another one. Yeah, that popped in my head when you asked me that who question. who that would be a great one, especially in this day and age. I can't believe it's it's not still airing. But um, it, it I think she was talking about with uh, maybe on Dax's armchair expert uh, mm-hmm. episode, how she was saying um, this other character's name to get him to stop or whatever. And then he he like pulled her to the side and said, well, how many times are you saying this character's name? And she said, as many times as it takes to get him to stop. And then he said, well, how many times is it written on the page? Five. Okay. Say it five times. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the hard things about doing something with the writer for yeah. one. But he he writes in such a rhythmic but you way. You kind of have to, yeah. I mean, he he is he is so specific in the timing. I have heard like actors talk about just the timing. Yeah, and you have to get it right. I mean, that just I I just feel like there's a lot of stress there. Mm-hmm. But I guess it in a way it's almost like doing Shakespeare. You got to say the right words at the right time. Yeah, or you lose the meaning of it. Kind of like Mamet is the same way. He writes mm. so specifically and so stylized. I guess that's the thing about Sorkin. It's so stylized. That if you don't get it right, then the style is lost and then things don't flow the way that yeah. he wants it. Um, but yeah, I was I would say the West Wing for an older show. And then, of course, I'd have to do Shit's Creek. I mean, I got like I got to be in that show. Hundred percent. And it's not just would be the easiest. Yes. Of it's my not life. Even like that. I love the shows itself so much, but I want to hang out with all of those people. Oh, for, dude, they look like they're having so much fun. They're having every the episode. Fun. I, I mean, and what's really great about that show is that I feel like I know who these people are, not only as their characters, like I know who their characters are. And then I also know who they are. Yeah. Like, this is how these people are in real life. Like they do and listening to their interviews and then watching that really, I mean, you haven't seen it yet, but once you finish the last season and then you can watch that, the little documentary thing that they did. I don't really know if saying a documentary is right. It's, it's more or less like they they covered the last yeah like a post show here's more kind of like that so that yeah. you know you can deal with Which those I guess emotions is becoming more popular mm-hmm. to do that but um it is it is interesting uh so they've just kind of like show these all of the 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 writers and the um you know Dan and Eugene Le- Levy and uh, or Levy and um and their sister Sarah oh my God I don't know her name yeah uh Twyla Twyla yeah but I think her name is Sarah, Sarah. it is Sarah. Um, anyway, seeing them as a family and then them talking about that and her uh, as a character that I don't really know as well, the Twyla character, um, as like an actress because she doesn't really go out with them because she's one of the supporting roles. And so she's not on all of the TV stuff, like the spots or the interviews that they do. And then seeing her talk about it and how emotional she is to being able to have experienced this show with her family. And then also like watching the, I think her mom took a video of her watching the Emmys that she wasn't at yeah. when they won all the Emmys and how excited and happy she was. Like, these are all just genuine people. So it's like the people that I want to do theater with, they did a TV show. Right. And also like Catherine O'Hara, my God. <laughs> yes. Just to be able to be <laughs> in the room with her for a little while, like she would be one of my probably at the top of my short list of people I want to have dinner with before I die. Oh, oh yes. Oh yes. Just to ask her questions and be like, what, what, what was going through your mind? One, what is it like to have the freedom to be able to create a character like this Mm -hmm. and to just not be afraid? Yeah. Because I think that with TV, the permanence of it, or, you know, I guess I should say film, the permanence of it is frightening. Because yeah. you you're you're like I you know you I'm make a bad choice this, it is out there forever forever and so you have to trust you got to trust really hard because in theater it's like I made a bad choice 
hopefully people won't remember. <laughs> yeah, there's a thousand other moments yeah. that they're going to have to like. And they can't replay it. Yeah. So it's gone. It's happened and it's over. So like the permanence of it, I guess, is frightening. You got to be so brave. Yeah. One, you have to be super brave and confident to create a character like she created in Shit's Creek. Oh, for sure. But I think that's a perfect example of surrounding yourself with people that you like. Yeah. But, you know, she creates that character in everything she does. <laughs> yeah. Every single yeah. thing. I mean, even in Home Alone. Yeah. She created that character. I think I think it speaks mo- more prominently in Beetlejuice. Oh, well, yeah. Of course, in Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm getting a call from <laughs> Prince Valium. <laughs> especially for Schitt's Creek. It's yeah. more Beetlejuice. But, I mean, you think about memorable moments in Home Alone, and you just... She has so many of them. Mm -hmm. She has so many of them. And for such a, like, really a nothing role. Yeah. But Catherine O'Hara is just, she she is like a coal miner or the canary. Who knows what she is? She's the coal miner. She's the the coal miner. I'm the canary. (laughs) Yes. I'm the one that's down there stuck in the cage wishing that I could be more like her. And then I slowly die as she escapes. You're the type of actor who's her safety net, like hmm, going too far. If I'm <laughs> achieving the Cody Walker, I guess maybe I don't know. But she <laughs> she did she just did such an amazing yeah amazing job. But yeah, I, so Shit's Creek that's got to be my number one, and it's probably because it's fresh in my brain. I mean, I just like it's one of those shows that you cry and you laugh and you feel joy and. I don't know. Yeah, it, the unexpected heartfelt moments like creep up on you. They're like, oh, bet you didn't see this coming. It's so nope. genuine. And that's another thing that's just so great about it is that you have all of these extreme characters, but they did such amazing character work on the on the opposite end of it that they are able to justify their actions. Yeah. And that, I think, shows just how good they are. That's like I was telling you, we were talking earlier about the the moments in between the lines, like mm-hmm. with, with Alexis having those, what about me? You're forgetting about me. And it's, and it's sort of in the background, but it, it, it is also so strong that you know that she's done the character work. Right. They've worked the scene and she knows how to play that and mm-hmm. all of them in such a way that it doesn't distract, but, but the fact that it's even there. Right. Well, and it's, it's, it's so it's, good. Like, I, I watched this thing about the way they filmed it, and it really was kind of like a play. I mean, they had the set, and they had, you know, it was just, it it seemed it seemed like I was watching a play Yeah. when I watched their behind-the-scenes thing. It just, I was so enthralled by it. And I think because these people are such strong character actors, I'm sure that they did the whole scene multiple times before you would hear a cut. Oh, there ha- it had to be a multi-cam. And it wasn't, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think that there was a lot of in-between of being like, oh, stop, and we're going to redo that mm-hmm. line. I think they would do the whole thing and then do the whole thing again. That's That was, which, I don't know. It just I'm, I'm sure it was just such an awesome experience, and I would love it. Also, like, the show just means so much. Oh, yeah. Like, the things that they were able to achieve with their subject matter and just everything that it was about. I mean, how... So many people were able to fall in love with this, no matter what their ideas yeah. were, you know, or their. I love that the, and I know that we're like staying on this, and it's not really a mystery question. I just can't thing. help it though. It's, you <laughs> can't bring up shit. I I did it, but yeah, <laughs> bring but up shit's creek and not talk about it like this. The the whole like we should change this instead of scene partners. It should be shit's creek partners. What do you think? That could take on a whole different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the thing that I, but the whole like family unit, they didn't have this thing where they tried to drive a wedge between the, the, the Rose mother and father. Right. And I really enjoyed that, that these were two people who had been married, who, who were and arguably very vain, but loved, yeah, loved each other. And that was so much more important. Even when the siblings are fighting, mm-hmm. they still loved each other. And I love, and I think that that's something you don't yeah, you see. You were never worried that they were never going to talk again. Yeah. Like it's almost like up. those feel good uh, comedies of like the 90s and the 80s, mm-hmm. but also with some very uh, progressive storylines. Yeah. That didn't. But that they didn't make a big deal about. Yeah. 
So it's just all, it's so It never fell into smart. the tropey right. territory for it me. It just all goes under the radar. And yeah. it's no big deal. And it's like, this is life. Everything's fine. Moving on. Yeah. And I'm like, that is, oh, Love thank it. you. Love it. Thank you so yes. much for doing that show. Mm. Uh, by the way, Dan, Eugene, Catherine, anytime. Annie. Annie. Anytime. Anytime you want to be on Scene Partner. If you ever want to have a, you know, series two. Of <laughs> anytime it. you want to come down to Louisiana and do anything, really. We will figure out how to Skype you or uh, I'll, I'll do whatever. Zoom you in. Yeah, I'll do whatever. Yeah. I will go <laughs> we'll to where you work. are. I will go to where you are. <laughs> All right. This is my turn. I answered <sighs> your question. Crap. 20 fold. Here we go. Um, if you. Oh, or, I'm sorry. Are you ready? Are you uh, emotionally prepared? Nah, you need here, to take here. a couple of breaths. <sighs> Here we go. A drink or two. Mm -hmm. If you could start your own secret conspiracy, what would it be? Hmm. Now, I understand that secret conspiracy is a little misleading, but I like to think that you start it secretly in the way that no one knows that you started it. Not that no one knows about the conspiracy. <laughs> so it's not like you started a conspiracy and nobody knows because I haven't told anybody about the conspiracy. I think it would be. Uh, oh, that's... I have a different answer for you, but I will have to be whenever we're not recording. OK, <laughs> uh, it's so it this is actually a, a prank that I like to pull on people a lot. It's funny that you mentioned this. In that there's a childhood story that I told my buddy's wife the other day. I said, well, here's the truth. Like, and it's totally a lie. <laughs> and I told her this lie and she confronted her husband about it. And then he was like, what are you talking? Who are you going to believe me or him? She goes, why would he even tell me this? <laughs> so I play the long game and the long con in that way. I don't know if you could say you play the long game. There's definitely another word for what you just admitted to. <laughs> I don't know if it's long game. <laughs> but if I had to hit... Luckily, in this household, Lexi would never, ever believe you. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's very fair. And if she did, she would never confront me about it in front of you. No, never. <laughs> I, that's a... That's a... I don't know if... Maybe That's I would fun. find a, a new perspective on maybe the JFK assassination. Oh my God. <laughs> a new perspective. Yeah. Maybe the bullet came from underneath the car and oh, it was Oscar the Grouch. Oh, we don't yeah. know. I think I would start a conspiracy like Play on Theater Company is the best theater in the United States of America. <laughs> That's not a conspiracy if it's fact. Oh my God. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'll take that answer, even though I feel like JFK is a bit of a cop out. It is. I, I don't know. Like, you like picked the most famous conspiracy. This, I really thought that you were going to be like my grandfather invented Pop Tarts, <laughs> like, but just the brown sugar cinnamon. If I if I tell you something, it's going to have to happen off the air. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's, that's that's true. It is. Yeah, that is hard. Maybe that's why we're never going to be successful. Uh, we're not rich enough. Who to be says brave we aren't successful? That's because. True. Our friendship makes us rich. That's true. Clink Even though, the glasses. I mean, we do have 700 subscribers. We just don't have any of our friends that listen. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we heard all this already. Isn't that the thing, though? Like, your friends are never in fact, here's a involved little, in the things that you're doing. Here's a little challenge for our friends. If you listen to this and you text either Chris or I the following phrase... Bubbles will, are delicious. Bubbles are delicious. We will buy you your choice alcohol. True. Whatever you choose. And that is bubbles are delicious. And moving on. Chris, your question. Uh, let's see. All right. Imagine Spider-Man the musical going up again. Oh, <laughs> it's still a travesty. It fails. <laughs> but we have the space rented. We now have to fill it before the next big show moves in. Who are we calling? Play on theater. We're calling Cody Walker. This feels like your secret conspiracy. He's going to direct the show. Oh, my God. But which, which show, because now the limitless budget is at your disposal, mm. any show that you want, mm -hmm. which show are you picking? Who are you casting as your leads? Um, it will be a one-man show starring me. 
<laughs> so that Kevin no Spacey one that he did several years no ago. No matter what the one man show. Um, and it's just going to be a star vehicle for me. That's what um, I don't. Oh, my goodness. And you're going to leverage this podcast? Yeah. Um, oh, a limitless budget? Well, yeah. Let's just say you move in and, That's hey, terrifying. we need to fill it with something. I wouldn't so like, know what whatever to do show with you a limitless do. budget. I'd be like, I don't I like, I need like take some of the money away from me. Make it more interesting. Um, oh, my God. You're making me. This is there's so many shows are flying through my brain right now. And for some reason, most of them are written by Martin McDonough. So there you okay. go. Um, I, the lieutenant of no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that one. <laughs> like I'm going to throw the first show I think of and bail, and then bail immediately. That's so hard. That's a huge thing that you just oh, as opposed to which conspiracy would you like to start and why? Super easy, mm. unimportant. Mm. If I answer this and the opportunity comes around. It's not like I could be like Lindsey Graham and be like, well, check the tapes. And then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and the podcast went political. Um, Also, that was the worst Lindsey Graham impersonation of all time. Check the tapes. (laughs) I love that you're Lindsey Graham is Reagan. Yeah, it's more Nixon. Nixon, yeah, Nixon. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. You know what, actually? And this is the truth. Like, absolute truth. Okay. I, I think that I would do Susan's Wasteland mm. like a hundred percent would totally do that. Limitless, like limitless budget, whatever. I, I That's what I would do. And I, that may not be the most like, um, uh, like, f- I don't know, flowery, flowery, flowery yeah. answer. I flowery. Don't know what I was going to say there. It may, it may not be like the most flashy. That's really yeah. what I was looking for. That may not be the, the flashiest answer, but I, I think I would do that just because I believe in that show so much because I think it's so amazing. It is very well written. I really want everyone to see it. And I think it's a shame that people haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is it is interesting. I think you read that show recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it not long ago. And, you know, it was so crazy. I don't think I told you this is that she actually called me the next day. Really? Yeah. So I had read the show like Saturday morning. I woke up and I came in here. And I laid down on the couch and I read it while I had my coffee and um, realized that that was not the the best morning show to read. <laughs> yeah, like, it's definitely. I probably shouldn't have started the day <laughs> off this way. Um, but Wasteland is a two man show. I don't know if we've actually talked about this or not, but uh, on the podcast. But it, it's about two men in a in a they were prisoners of war in Vietnam, and they're younger and they're both like kind of uh, they have opposing ideas or ideals, whatever you want to say, and. They just they're basically stuck in this hole in the ground and they're forced to hang out with each other. Yeah. For a long time um, with the thought that they could die. And it's just it's so, so beautiful. And I, I've just I've never read anything like it. I've never seen anything like it and I've never been in anything like it. I think, and I think I've watched it and I've been in it. Yeah. And I still feel the same way. I think what makes it so powerful is that you only see one character, but you're learning about both of them I at mean, the same time. Spoiler alert, man! Well, when you see the stage, you'll <laughs> know immediately you're only seeing one character. Yeah, you only see one. But it it is so great in how the back and forth, and it's this non sequitur of survival. Is when you watch the show, you feel so in tune. And in touch with the character that you don't see. Oh, yeah. More than the one that you see. And I've thought about that. And I think it's because you're challenged as an audience member to basically like you have to use more senses than you have. Mm -hmm. And so you have to pay like a lot of attention. And when the other character speaks that you don't see, you're like, oh, I like really have to listen to this guy because it's not like I can watch him. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but it's it's always a shock when the person who is playing that character comes out to take the <laughs> to bow. take a bow. It's like, like oh, like, whoa, look, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're in a theater. We're not in a hole. <laughs> but I think that's what I would do. I would just love to see that on stage in a big theater like that yeah. with with money behind it. And, you know, and for her to get the 
accolades that she deserves, honestly, for producing that. And what's really cool um, that I don't think you know is that she wrote that in one night. Really? Yeah. She um, she was having a, you know, she was just trying to work out some things and she had this idea and she sat down to try to figure it out. So that's why there's really two people with opposing ideas. Yeah. It's really her. Don't you, that, from a writer's perspective, it, it is amazing how you could be working on something else and you can't get this like scratch mm-hmm. out of your head. And, and maybe it's the same way with like choosing a show to direct or something like that. And you can't, you can't just let it go. So you yeah. have to go to it and chase it down to then like see it through to get back to the other thing. And you realize, oh, this mm-hmm. was what I, this, this was my actual passion over here. This, this huge project that. And I don't me, know what the psychology of that is. Like, I, I don't know yeah. why certain shows come to you. I mean, we did the perfect show at a perfect time, but yeah. certain, it's, it's almost like, you know, your, your soul knows that this is something that you need to find. Yeah. And that you need to work through. It's it's it, like everything points you to do this one thing or to write this one thing or to accomplish this one thing that you didn't mm-hmm. know that you needed. And then after it happens, you're like, holy crap, that was a very gracious gift that life just gave me. Yeah. Thank you. And I hope I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later. But I think it also speaks to your character, too, to want to build up people that you've worked with that does that, you know, deserve more recognition than they're getting. I don't know if it speaks to my character. I think well, you could easily pick character. something. I think you could easily <laughs> yeah. speak to or speak to you could easily have chosen a show that, you know, everyone's done an Uncle Vanya or, or, you know, a Shakespeare. But you chose something that you believe in that your friend had written. Well, I do think that uh, I mean, and luckily, you know, she has gotten some fame from it. I mean, it has been done. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. The country, but it's still um, I, I don't know. I just I think reading it. And if we ever do it and people get to see it, and I hope that we do get to do it, that people, once they do watch it, that they feel the same way. Yeah. That more people should see this and be changed that it's worth, by it. worth way more yeah. than whatever the price of admission is. Yes. So <laughs> I think it's your question now. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. my question. <laughs> All right. So um, I have a brilliant question. I hate your questions. Dear Christoph Anopoulos, if Christopher Robin, (laughs) (laughs) if, um, if you could, I'm trying to think how to phrase this question. Here he goes. What is something that is invisible that if you could make visible, you would make visible? Is that right? Did I write that? Oh, um, that no. This is this is the question. What is something that is invisible that you wish you could see? And what color is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um. Hmm. And now, don't be crude. Don't be vulgar. What? Please, don't be vulgar. I would say my mind went straight to a vulgar place. Yes, I know where your mind went. (laughs) I'm gonna have to cut that. <laughs> um, hmm. If uh, there's like a deep answer to that, and I would almost say, why don't you go serious first, and then you can tell your joke? We'll do the opposite uh, of what people expect. Well, I mean, I don't know that I have a joke for it, but something that I would say would be that is invisible that I wish I could see immediately would be almost the. A person's aura or their their vibe or their soul mm-hmm. or whatever it is to let me know is this a good person like their personality yeah or like, like oh say so is it their personality or is it if they're like a good person like good people have are green or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah like, like 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 good people would be like the cooler colors and then mm-hmm. the bad people would be like the warmer colors or someone that's like teetering on and not so much that I would want to fix them, but to know who to genuinely surround myself with. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think what's interesting, um, you know, uh, I don't know if this is pertinent, really, but Lexi and I, we had a conversation really early on, like way long <laughs> time ago, 
when we first started dating, just about the people that we surround ourselves with. Yeah. And, you know, are these positive people or are they negative people? Yeah. And, you know, not saying that you should just completely get rid of people that are, you know, not necessarily amazing, positive people, but just that, you know, maybe we don't need to have them in our lives every day. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to have people that you say goodbye to. Yes. And it's very like, healthy. Actually, it is, it's good to have I, boundaries. In I life. think it's very healthy, <laughs> um, especially whenever I know the quality of life that I have now compared yes. to what I used to have. So it's it's, it's, it's like the thing different. from um uh oh my gosh the not the uh oh what's that movie? It's gonna drive me nuts until I think of it. But uh, Paul Rudd says it in the film to Logan Lerman. Um, we accept the love we think we deserve. Yeah. Uh, the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. So, you know, we, we accept the love we think we deserve. And so we surround these people and they're not necessarily great, but are they reflections of, you know, how we see ourselves or, or are we just trying to convince ourselves that these people are our friends for whatever reason? And it's like, I, I don't know the answer, but I would like to at this age and stage in my life. I don't want to be around people who are takers and I don't want to be around people who are just bad people. Right. And it's, I, I want to be around people who are down to have a good time that are fun and are genuinely loving. And that's the three things that I find the most important quality. Like, I don't care what else, like, like long walks on the beach. No, or... that's not, that's beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, I totally understand, but I think that kind of comes with age. Yeah. I mean, I have got to say, I have, I, I probably had 10 times more fun throughout all of my twenties than I ever should have had. Yeah. And there was a time for that. And it is that not is now. gone. <laughs> and looking back on it, it's nice to have the story. And it's so nice now to be like, Oh, now I know who I am. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need that. Yeah. It's almost that. like you're testing everything to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, and think I tested about, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about stuff I did in the twenties, like staying up, you know, past midnight now to me. Dude, is a I don't even nightmare. know how I made it to most of anything. Yeah. Like how was I ever <laughs> anywhere? When we had that rehearsal till 11 o'clock that one night, I was losing my mind. I just like, don't even, I, I don't, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a hard thing to think about. Auras are interesting because, you know, there are people that actually say that they can see auras. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. And mostly I'm reg I'm I'm referencing Phoebe Buffay. Obviously. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you said, yeah, before, you know. Oh, but no, I agreed to the people that see the, the, the aura. I didn't expect the Phoebe Buffet thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, seriously, I mean, I've met I don't people that I don't talk about how people they can that, see people's auras. Yeah. And like, sure, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I don't see people's auras. Yeah. I know that for in, a fact. In, in the same way that I feel like after talking to someone for about five minutes, I get the vibe from them. Yeah. And I know whether or not we can take this in a further place or if this is... As vapid as it needs to be. Like we just gonna walk in the in the ankle deep water. All right. I like the it. idea of seeing the like the montage map in an old movie of you meeting someone and then it's like a little <laughs> sign that says further place. <laughs> just like tick 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 little red dots all the way there. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know what it would be for me. It would be interesting. no, that's really cheesy. Were you gonna say the I was, wind? I was gonna well, wind was obviously the first thing that pops into I feel like everybody's mind. Like, what would the wind look like? It'd be like in a but cartoon. That would be terrifying. Because you would see it coming for you and you'd be like, oh crap. <laughs> You're just saying that because we survived two hurricanes. <laughs> that's true. Oh man, that is that is very true. Um, but but yeah, I think it I I don't know. Immediately what I thought it would be interesting to see what love looked like. Oh yeah. But then I thought, well, that's kind of weird to say, but it would just be interesting to see because then it would be really weird when you're at dinner and you see two people that aren't talking to each other and then they don't have it. And you're yeah. like, can they see it? Cause we can see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not saying you always have to talk to your partner a hundred percent of the time, but like there are times where you go out and you're like, Ooh, either they're not in good moods 
or this is their life. You know what? You, you said that, and I thought what would be in, interesting to know, uh, maybe not so much love, I thought of grief. Oh, yeah, that would be... Because Just my, like emotions. Yeah, because my view of grief is that it's like this ever-burning candle, and some mm. days it burns brighter than others, and you never know when yeah. it's going to flare up. And it would be interesting to see and to know like when someone is going through something and how mm. to approach them a little more softly and that yeah. someone who jokes all the time, maybe today is not the day. Not the day. That Yeah, I understand. But you know what's interesting about grief also? When you hear the word grief, you immediately think it's because someone has had, like someone has died. Mm-hmm. But grief covers so mm-hmm. many other things. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody would have it. Yeah. There's, there's not a single soul. Absolutely. That wouldn't have grief in some way. Maybe it would have to be a, just a meter. It would just have to be like, they're at a 10 today. You need yeah. to back off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should uh, put on our serious hat. All right, Mr. Invisible. So. Your turn. Speaking of, I watched The Invisible Man. Didn't tell you that. But I watched the newest Invisible Man. With uh, the. And uh, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. Emily. Elizabeth. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What is She's really name? great. Hands made to Ellie. Yes. Oh my gosh. And what's really funny is that she she did a play with Andy, who I talked about in Hamlet, who's now this makes three podcasts in a row. (laughs) Look at Andy. (laughs) Talked about Andy. It's not Emily. I keep wanting to say it's it's not Elizabeth Banks. That's a very different person, but that's what keeps popping in my head. Uh, Oh my gosh. We're going to do that thing where we just talk about something and I finally. Just yeah, I'm going to vamp up. until you actually I look know, her name up on Handmaid's Tale or Mad Men. Oh, oh, right. Mad Men. I guess that was where she got her start. Um, That was where she rose to prominence. I wouldn't say that it's where she got oh, her yeah. start. Who, who knows? Uh, Man, it, I think it starts with an E, though. It is Elizabeth. It's spelled with an S. So is it Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> Moss, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, I God. I was oh, that's why I kept saying Banks, because I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? The short name. Um, why was I telling you about her? I don't know. God, only know. Oh, Invisible Man. I watched that the other night when the hurricane that you talked about showed up because the dogs were going nuts and they wouldn't sleep. And I like woke up at one. And now that I'm old and not in my 20s, I can't go back to sleep yeah. once that happens. So I was up and I was like, you know, it would be a so great I time to watch up this. I had to go Elizabeth. to the restroom and yeah. I couldn't go back and to sleep. And that was it. Um, the worst old man impression. That was a Simpsons character, <laughs> is what that was. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Hank Azaria, and I'm on <laughs> Scene Partners. Um, yeah, I watched that in the living room with the dogs. It was a great time. Is it a good movie? I, yeah, I don't know if it was Why the atmosphere. Go so high? I don't know, but I don't know if it was the atmosphere or if it was the movie. But, I mean, it had me. I really? was like, oh, sh- mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost the first one. Uh, it was almost an e-worthy yeah, moment. Yeah, um, yeah, but I was like, "Oh, this is this this is intense." And even though you know the premise from yeah. the beginning because of the title, the whole time I was like, "This is freaky." Yeah. Okay, what's your next one? So, I was curious, as many of us are, most mm. of us are, just in general. Or what for this was one the instance? worst audition? You ever had Utah Shakespeare? <laughs> Care to tell Utah us? Utah Shakespeare number one. Talk me through it. Hamilton number two. Talk me through both. <laughs> actually, actually, probably Hamilton was only bad because they asked for no Caucasian males, and I went anyway because <laughs> I just wanted to say that I auditioned for it, <laughs> and they were like, "Um," I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I know that I'm wasting your time, but I just wanted to be here. Um, anyway, uh, Utah Shakespeare. Oh man, that was, I still think of it to this day and am kind of angry about it, which is ridiculous. I was doing a, I was doing Midsummer Night's Dream at Chicago Shakespeare theater. And we had a, uh, we had a lunch break, which was two hours that day. And I jumped on the bus and I went to the equity building for my appointment that I had with Utah Shakespeare. And I really wanted to do a show with them because they're right near Zion national park. And I was like, man, this would be amazing to do a show there. It's a great place to like, it's so close to this beautiful. Get closer. Oh my God. You're killing me. They're right there. It's beautiful. Perfect. It's, it's like, 
near these beautiful scenery. It's an outdoor company, which was really cool. And they have a lot of support and it's, it's just really awesome. Like a little rep summer theater. Yeah. And, um, so I, I went in and I walked through the door and I, oh, I guess I should say when I left, a friend of mine said, Hey, I have done like four summers in a row with them. Cause they asked where I was going and I was like, I got to be back like as soon as possible. Cause I was worried about getting back in time for after lunch. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, Hey, make sure to tell them hi for me. I mean, I've done like four years in a row with them. It's like, Oh cool. Yeah, of course. So I go and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I go in, I walk in the door, I hand them my headshot and my resume and they were like, Oh, awesome. Um, I see, you know, who, whoever, you, whoever, and whoever, which is normal. They like look at directors you've worked with yeah. and they talk to you about them. And I was like, yeah. Oh, and also I'm doing this show at Chicago Shakes with da da da. And she says, hello. And this dude looks at me like he is incredibly angry. And he says, what? So you think you know someone? So now you can just get the job. Now, I haven't done my monologue or my song because they also do one musical. So you, they wanted a monologue and a song. So I haven't done my monologue or my song yet. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> no, she just said to tell you guys hi. Well, I don't know what kind of company you think we are, but just because you know someone and you're doing a show at Chicago Shakes doesn't mean that you're going to get this job. And I was like, um, cool. Uh, that's not really what I was going. So, so you want to see my monologue? <laughs> no. <laughs> Have I not told you this story? Never. I think about it probably more than I should. That is I, horrifying. So I am like, all right, I'm going to do. You're already starting off on the wrong foot. Oh, it's so bad. I knew I wasn't going to get this job. Well, you I immediately like, I have nothing to lose though. So I did my monologue and I did, I was doing this monologue. I think, I, I, well, no, I know exactly what monologue was. I, I was doing a monologue from Richard too. So I was doing this monologue and I messed up in the middle of it because I was so thrown off. I like messed up the lines. I flipped some words and I was like, oh, screwed up. So I stopped and I was like, hey, can I do this again? And, it, and the guy was like, I mean, sure. Why not? Give him two times. Oh, man. Like, Are you serious? Well, that's the end of that job. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just go to my song. It's like, oh, he's going to sing for us. Like, oh, my God. It's just like everything that I said. I, I don't know what it was. No matter what it was. Oh, maybe Mr. he could Wise see my aura. He can see. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he, he could can... see my aura. And he was like, not that guy. Anyway, so I did my my thing and I was on my way out and this is the one and only time that I ever did this. But I looked at them and I said, you're not going to cast me. And the guy was like, I mean, probably not. And I was like, can I have my headshot back? <laughs> because those things are expensive. I they mean, I was like, I'm not just going to waste. You're going to yes. throw it in the garbage anyway. This has been a horrible experience. Can I just like, can you just give that back to me? Yeah. I don't want to have to order more. And I, you know, it's like I had to when you're broke and you have to go and spend like $25 so on that headshots. Is the one and only time. And I had heard so many stories of people being like, you know, you just leave an audition and you're like, oh, I wish I could ask for my headshot back. And I'm like, I did. I straight up <laughs> was like, give me my headshot back because I know you're just a snip. There, there, there are auditions where you're just like, oh, no, I'm not getting that back. But the fact that you had the the actual no, I knew enough to ask for it back. I knew I would never work for this company and I was really bummed because I really wanted to. And when I made it back to the theater also, and I made it back in time, I went up to uh, to the girl that told me to go and introduce her to or, or tell them that I that she said hi. And she was like, oh, my gosh, was and I can't remember his name there. And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, he's a jerk. I'm sorry. That's probably my fault. I was like, wait, did you set me up? <laughs> I, was like, like, I don't want you taking my spot. And probably not. And I'll tell you that story some other time. But <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but still, that was that was probably my worst one. The Hamilton audition was that was fun. I went in and auditioned for that and for the Chicago Hamilton. Yeah. And because um, that was the first place that they were doing the tour. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to do uh, Hamilton in Chicago. And that was the one where Wayne Brady was Hamilton. Oh, and um. Apparently was amazing. 
Wait, did he play Hamilton or Burr? He probably played Burr. Actually, now I can't remember. I have to I'll imagine that they would have time. kept the the Hamilton role as a Hispanic person. I don't know. No, that's not that's not true because they they haven't. Even in Chicago? Yeah, not in not in on the first tour. Not in not in New York. His replacement. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, I knew that, but I figured at least on the re- the the touring thing they might have. I mean, to keep maybe Hispanic. I don't actually know, but uh, but. Anyway, so uh, Wayne Brady was in it anyway. Yeah. And so I went for it to audition because I got this audition notice. I was like, I'm going. It said, no Caucasians. It's <laughs> so, like, I'm going to go do this. So I remember walking in the room like and then looking at me the being like, um, we have no spots for you. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. But um, I just... I'm, I want to audition. They were like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're like those people that went to the cattle call for Star Wars. I you just, know you're not getting in you're this You're not movie. getting it. You're not getting it. <laughs> but, maybe, but just to say that I, I mean, showed never, up. The thing is about it is that you never know. Yeah. And if I learned anything from being in the business that we are in is that you really don't know. Like just showing up is yeah. about 90% of all of it. That's just true. Being being able to be in the room <laughs> in any capacity. So I don't know. At least I can say I was in the room. Well, you know, I will say that I've been on a several uh, film auditions before, mm-hmm. and they will feed off of your energy. The the casting director. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're in front of the director, and you're like, I don't know how I got here. And maybe <laughs> like, I, I don't shouldn't deserve be here. to be. Yeah, here. shouldn't be here. Yeah. Then you realize, oh, I'm just leveraged to get a named actor to come down on their price. Okay. Yeah. What are we doing? That's about that. Yeah. hundred percent of the time. I mean, that's a lot of my friends in LA. They talk about that all the time. Yeah. About how, yeah, I'm there, but I think I'm just there for, for leverage. Yeah. To show somebody to come down on their price. All right. Here's my did question. You, for did you have another question? I do have your, I have, I have another one for you. Okay. I jumped the gun after you. Had started what is, speaking. And actually, you might have kind of almost told this, but um, what is the weirdest lie you have ever told? That's the first part of this question. And if you don't want to answer it, I'll ask you a different one. But the I'll just weirdest lie. Okay. Uh, add to the second and part. I'm still thinking of the first one. That I'm going to ask you what was also the worst. Okay, I have the weirdest. I was working this... Um, I thought you were going to say, I'm five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> when you no. have no intention of going. No, no, I've never done that. I, I've done that a thousand times. I always tell people, uh, yeah, I'm just not going. Well, why not? Because I don't want to. Yeah, that was the entirety of my 20s. I I'm see- five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now that I'm older, I have no qualms about telling oh, yeah. the truth. Just up front. Yeah. I just, uh, and, I don't, and you know. It's I like, think about it now and I'm I like, cross why the lines. did I ever just tell people that I wasn't interested yeah. in going? Why did I ever just They would have like, respected oh, no, me coming. more. And then later have to come up with an excuse as to why I didn't yeah. show up. The weirdest lie I've ever told outside of trying to convince someone that I had ESP was... <laughs> <laughs> It was one of those things where like I took a wild guess, like I swung for the fences and I was right. And I was like, ah, I don't know how to follow this up other than saying I have ESP. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the, the the weirdest lie I ever told was I was working this event and these uh, I'm kind of like Barney Stinson and no one knows what I do for some reason. It's 100 percent. And I told them that I, I was a profile your work. Yeah. For a, a, oh, a lot. <laughs> and I've been in the store and I still actually don't 100% understand <laughs> what happens in there. But I do know now that you do not sell glass. But the weirdest lie that I've ever told <laughs> was that I was a profiler for the FBI. A hundred percent would believe it. If you told me that. If I knew you for like an hour and you said that, I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. I, I like sold that for a full weekend and then someone had asked me. Even though me I a, don't actually understand what a profiler for the FBI, like what the, what is that job Well, you, you sit there and then you question people and you're like, uh, and then you look at the evidence and then you can pick out like, well, this person would be. I don't know. You seem to uh, know an awful lot about this 
job. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like I mentioned before, yeah, I, I mean, read the. I am a profiler. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I read the books about the guy who like interviews people oh, and yeah, they do yeah. a lot of profiling and things like that. Like what to look for when you're looking for a suspect and things like that. That's basically what you're doing. Um, th- that was the weirdest lie, I think, maybe. What was the other half of that question? What was the worst? Now, think about it. You don't have to tell me the worst. Like No, no, I'll tell you. Not a lie. I have said that's a cute baby. <laughs> <laughs> when I've 100% it's so when it's just not and you're like, "Man, I really hope by the time it gets like 5 Five I've years th- old, five, I, six, that it's 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 made it out of this state. Look, but man, sometimes just that baby is not cute. To me, many newborns look like E.T. Yes. <laughs> like if E.T. were also an old man. Yes. And it's like, I get it. They've been like trapped in this enclosed space for nine months and they're coming out and, <laughs> you know. Like they're a prisoner of war. <laughs> like, what <laughs> Well, they're incubating, they've basically. Been, they've been trapped in this place. Like, they're trying to get out. Like, any day now, I'm going to escape from this place. And the only exception to that, maybe, is Devin and Christian's son, Lincoln. Oh, my God, that baby. Who gets cuter by the second. David, David, <laughs> David, David, if you're listening, I love you. Um, Devin and Christian's son, Lincoln, is possibly just as precious like he inherited his cuteness from just how awesome and, and precious his parents are. oh yeah 100 like how good they are he is good looking like it's their it's their goodness like literally manifested in <laughs> space and time yes i feel the same way about emily and john's son like lexi's godson liam it's just like this yeah. baby should be on the cover of something. Yeah, you, you look like at him GQ. and it's like, this is the Gerber baby. This is the GQ baby. I don't and he's going to grow it. up to be way more handsome. I also than he- think that Devin and Christian's son, just at any moment, would have an espresso in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like listening to the music that I like and that anyone likes. Like I, everyone's favorite music, he listens to it. And he also knows the music that you need to listen to. Yes. And he drinks espresso, not espresso, because he knows how to pronounce it. I I just want him to, and and Christian as well, because Christian wears those like wide brimmed hats. It's gonna happen. I want him to have like a little wide brim hat with Christian and take a photo. I'm also so upset that I don't have a child that looks like him, and that I couldn't take that photo that she just did of baby Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors with Audrey. Yes. I saw that and I thought like you are you the, I would have never thought to do this but now I want a kid yeah. so that I could have thought to have done this. <laughs> right. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Somehow the the two of them having a child has made me want to be a better person. Yeah. It, I that's think how that's cute like he is. how they are and then you see like him as we're the talking about avatar of their love. None of you really necessarily know, but they Christian wrote our intro Just know, and he's awesome. Yes. This is the, the opposite of an ugly baby. baby. Yes. <laughs> this is as far from ET as you can possibly get. Yeah. The Brad Pitt of babies, maybe. Oh, it's amazing. I love them and I love that kid. So yes. even though I was holding him that one time and I broke that chair. <laughs> <laughs> Cody sits in this. I'll never forget it. We're chair. good. No, so, okay. let's see. That that was that's your worst lie. That's the end of my questions. That's the as end of far your as questions. What I have written, but well, I can always make up some. I want to throw you a softball question just because I'm in the mood. Okay. What's Green. the one role oh. that you've had that you feel like you were miscast for? You are a tomato. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Then tomato means something else. I'll let you. Okay. Know that. Um. Basically, anything I've cast myself in is really what I should say. (laughs) Grossly miscast and just trying to make the show happen. Yeah. Um, Which is probably the the thought of any person that's done community theater before. Um, Oh, man. Like, to think outside of that. I mean, I've definitely gotten roles that I thought this probably should have gone to somebody else that was more talented. Um, And I'll do my best. There was one time. I will say that I still have some bitterness. Was it was it greater tuna and me swap the roles with you? 
No, I realized after doing Greater Tuna, where you had the role that I used to have, yeah, that there's no way that I was okay to play that role ever again. Yeah, I hated you a little bit after that. I was like, what? Why you, do you not change even a third as much as me? No, you you should have. That's you, some tomato. You needed you <laughs> you needed that part. That's a hundred percent true. Um, so uh, I was cast. In this show, this is very interesting. I got a callback, and I'm going all the way back to college. Like, I'm still upset about it. They posted the callback sheets, and I, I went up to the callbacks, and we were doing this show that I really wanted to be in with my, like, mentor who was directing it. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going to be in this show. It's going to be amazing. And I went up to it, and I wasn't on the callback list for anything. And I was like, oh, crap. So I went up to the director, and I said, hey, Look, I know I didn't get cast in the show. It's okay. But I would really love to just be a part of this in any way. So if, if you're looking for an assistant director, I'd love to assistant direct it so I could just be a part of the show because I love it. And he's like, well, look, I, you, you got called back for the show. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, what do you mean? And so apparently, because I have inherited the, um, the W last name, that literally I was left off of the print. <laughs> and I was so uh, the person who printed out the stuff didn't put it on there. And so then they actually like and I knew this for a fact because they showed me the email. Yeah, and I was like, oh, OK, because I thought that for a bit I was like, he just was saying that because he felt bad. Yeah. But thank God I went up to him and said something because I just would not have showed up. And they'd have been like, <sighs> how dare he? No. Um, so they told me. But this was the day of the callbacks. And it was Shakespeare. And they, it was for a lead role. And there were sides and there was an expectation because of the school that we went to was a conservatory based program that you showed up knowing everything that you were memorized. Well, obviously I wasn't going to memorize this on a day where I had classes and then callbacks were at like five or six and I had literally two hours to look at this. Yeah. So I looked at these sides, I looked at them as much as I could, and I went in there, and it didn't happen. And afterwards, I remember the director saying, I just don't understand why you weren't prepared. I thought you, that you would prepare more for an opportunity like this. And I just remember, like, shaking on the inside with anger. <laughs> just being like, there's a reason why I wasn't mm. prepared. But anyway, uh, they gave it to somebody else. And to be honest, wasn't great. And... Um, and I got another role, which I actually ended up falling in love with. Like, yeah. I did still get to do the show, and I was so thankful to be in the show. I mean, it was an amazing experience. I learned so much. It actually was probably better because I learned that sometimes a supporting role is more important. Yeah. And that was A awesome. lot of fun. And a lot of fun. And I got the best scene. I got the best scene. And I had an awesome monologue. I was really happy and proud of the work that ended up coming from that experience. But um, afterwards, I remember the director coming up to me and saying, yeah, I should have put you in that other role. I don't know what I was doing. And besides the heartbreak of that moment, it just, it was nice to hear that one, but it yeah. was still like, oh man, it was like a dream role. I could have done it. Yeah. And, you know, it's also probably, I should just say, it, it, no matter how much time you have to prepare for an audition, it's always on you. Yeah. So whatever it was, I didn't deliver it in the moment. So really it was, it was my fault. Maybe that's what it's haunted me all of these years is that I could have done this thing, but I didn't. But you know what though? It's one of those things where if you had to cast someone based off of their audition in that moment, you wouldn't cast them ultimately. Yeah. And that that's true. I mean, they went with the six pack. Hmm. They 100% went with six And you pack. don't, you didn't bring them a six pack? I did not have a six pack. <laughs> in or on me. <laughs> uh, I like the, the in yeah. or on me, yeah. So uh, anyway, that that's probably what I would what I would say, but I don't want to say the show. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say. What, do you have one of those? Or is it the same show? That Where I, I was said? miscast? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I feel uh, like kind of just the nature of where we live, you get put into a role that needs to be filled. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. have to make it work. And to be honest, no matter how talented we are, neither of us are Catherine O'Hara. 
That's true. That's fair. I, I would say that if I was ever miscast in a role and I should have been another role, is that I should have been old Scrooge and not young Scrooge. <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting. Because that's some tomato sauce that I didn't get put in. I mean, Jeremy would have been very interesting young version of you. <laughs> and I'm interested in it. And so maybe, who knows, next year. I also love that Jeremy is a good like 6'3 and I'm 5'9 yeah. and I'm playing a maybe 20 you grew. year gap. No one said how old you were. <laughs> You were 12. <laughs> well, hi, guys. Hey, I'm really happy to be here at the Fezziwigs. <laughs> Do you have any other mystery questions for me? I have none for You're you if you I, have any more. I mean, I've got them, but we're I might as time. well save them for yeah. episode 20. 20? 15. 15. <laughs> I don't know when we said <laughs> we like would do this. You said that with a snarl on your face. 15. Uh, that's, I'm tired. Are there any other words of wisdom that you have before we end this show? Are there any words of wisdom that I have after hearing all of this? What I would say, my takeaway, if this was in a little nice little uh, Chinese takeout bag, I would, I don't know why it's a Chinese takeout bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say. It's your entire meal in a bag. It's just a whole. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the rice? Oh, it's. It's in the bag. It's mixed in with the tiny what spicy chicken. <laughs> in the bag. We just thought, you know, just eat it right out of the bag. That's a low point. That's, ah, oh, where can we use that? That's another one of those things you'd like to have to call dibs on. My life is so going so bad. They didn't even put it in the takeout carton. It's just all in the bag. And like you're just eating it up with the two little loops of the bag hanging just, off. It's as you're where just I'm scooping at it out. Yes. Oh my gosh. If I had anything to take away from this show it would be that surprise questions sometimes work out and sometimes they don't mm-hmm. um, you can leave it but you can't take it with you two birds in the sky are worth one glass house that's right a bird in the hand is worth one in the is worth a, a bird in the, the rock the rock in a hard place uh, yep You know what they say about people with glass houses? Two birds. They can see through them walls that you have up. Yeah, why don't you just tell people who I am? (laughs) That's Cody. And that is most definitely used to be Chris. God edit this out. Don't leave this in there.